0: I want to introduce you to probably the greatest speaker that I know, and uh, she is, not only is she beautiful and and very attractive, um, but she's also my wife, and so I can say those kind of things. She's not just a stranger, but I get the the opportunity of living with her, which is pretty cool. So I definitely married up, and um, Joanne, why don't you say hi? Hey. You might want to move that
1: over. This way? Okay.
0: And she she says she never gets a chance to speak. or And I'm, I've told her she's not allowed to say she's not a good speaker. But she is. She's amazing. And so you're going to get to hear some awesome stuff from her today. But today we wanted to, to get a chance to talk with you together. And we're going to have a little bit of dialogue back and forth. Um, but we're closing on a series called... Uh, love uh, sex and god and it's been a walk through the song of solomon it's been really exciting as we've looked at uh, how the scripture talks about this relationship with this guy and this girl solomon his and his wife the the queen that time of of the nation of israel and they walk through this really it's a there's a emotional intimacy there's a spiritual intimacy and there's a sexual intimacy And it's been really exciting to see. But today, we want to stop and talk about what what I think is probably the most critical and most important part of any marriage. And it is oftentimes the the part of a marriage that is the first to be neglected. Um, It's the first to not be talked about. It oftentimes is the most uncomfortable to talk about. And, and and honestly, it is, it, it's ignored in most uh, counseling sessions. If people go to a counseling session, they're not going to say, work on this issue. Uh, the issue is is simply spiritual intimacy, spiritual intimacy. If you go to a marriage counselor, they're going to say, hey, you, you need to change this behavior, or you need to work on your anger, or you need to talk this way and talk that way. If you go to a typical, just generic counselor... Um, but all that might be important. But if you don't get to the spirit, the heart of a person, then uh, you're just going to change behaviors temporarily and someone's going to slip back into whatever habits they've created. So what I believe is probably the most important talk that we can do this this in this message series is, is going to talk about spiritual intimacy. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about just, first of all, what is spiritual intimacy? intimacy what does that mean and it kind of comes down to this when you speak of intimacy just in general intimacy is when you start to get personal with someone you break down those surface level conversations and to actually be intimate means you begin to share with someone else uh, the, these deep personal um, things that are that are in your heart that are in your soul you begin to bear your soul of what's deep inside. And when you share that on a spiritual level with someone else, that's going to cause that connection of spiritual intimacy. Uh, What would you say is spiritual intimacy?
1: I think as I've researched and looked in God's word, I believe that this spiritual intimacy is a God-ordained, miraculous connection that happens between a man and a woman. Because God is making two separate people become one flesh. And I'll tell you something, that is a miracle. Because if you t- look at Jay and I, he's black and I am white. We are different. Yes, I'm not black. I'm white. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> oh, there it goes. So, anyways, I don't know what to do with this. Um, Jay, he'll say, How's your day? And I'll be like, What do you mean by that? <laughs> Jay, when he worships this very psalm, I'm like, Woo, bring it. I want all you have, Jesus. You know, I mean, we are opposites. And God is now saying, Become one. That. Requires spiritual intimacy. That is a miracle that God does
0: to becoming one. It's a miracle that I've been able to put up with you for so long. Right, babe?
1: Ask him where he's sleeping tonight.
0: (laughs) Um, it's a miracle she's put up with me for sure. Well, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about um, why spiritual intimacy is even important in our lives. Why why would you say spiritual intimacy is even important?
1: Uh, marriages are falling apart. Marriages every day are falling apart because. We don't see marriage the way God sees it. We don't see it as this God-ordained covenant, a promise between a man and a woman and the Father. We don't see it as that. We see it as this opportunity. We're just going to go ahead and do life together, and let's just hope we make it on the other end. No, marriages are falling apart, and it's because we have failed to make God the head. We have failed to make God Lord of our personal lives and thus bringing him into our one life together. I would
0: say. Yeah, absolutely. I've said this, I think, even at the beginning of our series, uh, that it was never, God never intended a marriage relationship to be between two people. It's always between, between two people and God. It's always been the man, the woman, and God. When God created Adam and Eve, He, he, he walked with them in the garden. God was the center of their relationship. He was the very he was he was who they looked to um, f- for all that they needed he he was there um, not only their their Creator, but he was their their mentor, their father, their spiritual leader, and when the fall happened in Genesis when man sinned and one, it was one, the woman 's fault when just teasing, um, when man and woman sinned and were removed from the garden, uh, there was that separation of we no longer have that relationship with God at the center of our relationship, and since then um, it has been even of course most difficult because of the nature of sin and who we are. To have, to, to have that relationship with God And so I, I truly believe uh, Because of sin It's one of the first areas of our relationship To go It's easy to work on things like hey, Let's, let's work on schedules Let's work on who's going to take care of the bills Let's work on you know, who's, who's going to make the money Who's going to do these things and um, It's easy to work on those kind of stuff But when it comes to our spiritual lives For some reason we have this belief That it's personal Or my spiritual walk is just between me and God well, but it's no longer flesh, personal. But we're one. Right. It's no longer personal if, if we're one. There's no such thing as a, mm-hmm. a personal walk with God anymore. Because if we're one, if we're one flesh, like Genesis 2 talks about, a man shall leave his mother and father and become one flesh, uh, he'll, he'll cleave, which is more than just physically becoming one, but that we will become one, spiritually one. That's, that's a much bigger deal than just... Um, who's going to pay the bills and let's live in the same house uh, no longer is my relationship with God just about me it's about me and, and her or her and I and here's why because nothing else will affect your relationship with your spouse more than your personal walk with God mm-hmm. if, if you're not walking with God then you're going to make different decisions in your marriage if you're not walking with God together, you're going to make different decisions in the marriage. If, if you don't care about God, then divorce becomes a, an easy option. If you don't care about God, then whenever you have a, an argument or a difficulty, you begin asking the questions of what's going to be best for me, not, not what's best for the marriage. And so when you place God at the center of that, when there's spiritual intimacy, when you begin to share that, then the questions the questions become different. It becomes... What's best for this marriage? What, what does what God want God. for us, not what does God just want for me?
1: And what honors God. What and what
0: honors God. God. And so when you're married, I think I've made this mistake so many times. You can't ask the question, what does, just, what does God want for me? You have to ask the question, what does God want for us? Because if you're one, then what does God want for you together, um, that that becomes a, a priority is spiritually having that that connection together. I want to read you a passage in Matthew 19. Um, listen to what Jesus says about marriage. So if you could throw that up on the screen, Matthew 19:3 through 6 says so some Pharisees came to test him. Their, their people came to Jesus and were asking him about. Um, marriage. They asked, is it, in law, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? They're trying to push Jesus and say, Can we just divorce these women uh, if we don't like them? And here's what Jesus says. Haven't you read, He replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two. But one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Look, look who's in the midst of that. Who's in the midst of that? Who puts two people together? It's God. Jesus says it's God that puts us together. Therefore, we shouldn't separate it. And so, God has to be at the center of it all the way through. Um, Joanna, when, when you say it, whenever we have times where there's a, a big lack of spiritual intimacy, when we're not connecting spiritually, what are some of the consequences that happen?
1: I would say there is um, feelings of loneliness, feelings like we're distant, um, an idea that we're kind of just trying to make it all happen together. We're kind of on the same team or we're just, okay, you do this, you do this, but I'm not really a partner with you anymore. We're not... We're not just, we don't have that bond. Um, I would say lack of affection. I think when we are not spiritually connected, I really don't want to be physically connected. Why um,
0: not? I'm, I'm really attractive. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, well, Why would you not?
1: I would even say a lack of um, even a commitment to the marriage bond. If, because when we're not spiritually intimate and I am not where God wants me to be, uh, it's easy for me to start thinking who I think I want out I didn't sign up for this So um those would be things that I would
0: say Yeah sure Sure so the uh Obviously, it it creates a distance there. And and so many couples, I was just even reading online um, on some marriage websites this week, just different stories of people. And one of the stories that comes to my mind was a a woman who had been married to a a Christian man. They were both Christians. They both went to church. And this was kind of the, the common theme is the the only real conversation they had about God during the week was maybe on the way home from church about how'd you like that sermon or something like that or talk to the kids. You know, what did you learn today? But other than that, there was not a lot of spiritual talk or conversation between them. And both of them felt this uh, this emptiness that the marriage wasn't exactly where it should be. It felt very ho-hum. It felt like there was just a, 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 um, a curtain between them two emotionally because... It's, you got to think, if the Spirit is the, the very core of who we are, it's, it's, our, it's the soul, and it's, it's the Spirit God has put in us, that we are all spiritual people. If, if we're not one with that, we can't be really one with other stuff. We can't just be one emotionally and physically and all those other things if we're not one at the true heart of who we are. Um, the Bible says that we that what starts in the inside it 's the inside that counts and then uh, it flows out of what 's inside and it 's that spirit that lives within us and so um, so with, without spiritual intimacy there is that big distance but when whenever we have times where we are connecting spiritually man we do see this sense of closeness and we we, we are more attracted to each other what what do you think when we 're when we're doing better in that way, what, how do you feel towards me?
1: I have more of a feeling of adoration and um, more of a feeling of I want to be by you. I want to be part of what you're doing and where you are.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. And the sex life is better, right? Which is what she's concerned about. Um, you know, so I, just, I know she was embarrassed. So usually presented. I get to
1: experience in, in another room. He says <laughs> that I'm not here now.
0: Now you have to put up with me. <gasps> I'm right here. Now. So, um, but but hey, guys, that's a benefit. So there you go. Well, let's let's talk about that. The how? How do we become spiritually intimate? And I want my wife to go first. Ladies first. Mm-hmm. And so she's going to talk about how we become spiritually intimate. Go for it.
1: Okay. Well, to start off. I felt like this is kind of my first time up here. So I wanted for some of you who don't know me to kind of get a feel for who I am and who God has made me. We have a video that I wanted to share. Um, this woman, her name is Sweet Brown. And if you once you see her, realize, okay, this is why I love her. I'm serious. I want to be here. She's hilarious. She takes life and she just makes it, you know, takes the spin in the bad things of life and puts a spin on it towards the good. So if y'all wouldn't mind playing it. And there is a spiritual purpose to it at the end, I promise. Maybe. One resident describes her horrifying experience when she first realized the complex was you on fire. It? Well, I woke up to go get me a cold pop. and Then I thought somebody was barbecuing. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. Then I ran out. I didn't grab no shoes or nothing, Jesus. I ran for my life. And then the smoke got me. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. What? The the that. Manager, That's right. Fire started, that goes my me, yeah, was that girl's my hero. Yeah, that girl's my hero. Ain't nobody she got time for that. Smoke inhalation all right, a there's a purpose of that in a little bit. But, there were no but, um, reports of injuries. Here's the deal. The Red Cross is- it, it's still going. Here's the deal. Oh, for 13 years, I've been asking this man, how can I help you? How can What can I do for you? And usually he doesn't give me any kind of indication of how to help him. And then all of a sudden this week he goes, okay, I have an idea. Why don't we teach together? And I was like... For real? 13 years I've been asking you, this is how you want me to help you. And the irony of it is, because this is an area we have been struggling in. We struggle. We are not above anyone else. We struggle with spiritual intimacy. Our flesh fights our spirit. We struggle with this. And most of the time, from the last 13 years, I've been believing it's your fault. You know, like, oh my goodness, it's his fault that we're struggling with spiritual intimacy. And as we started seeking God's word and as we started getting into what um, God had for us for today... God kind of turned my head and said You know what, that's stinking thinking And ain't nobody got time for that It is not your husband's fault You have a part in this too This morning, Thatcher um, was downstairs Like, buddy, did you go brush your teeth? And he's like, oh yeah, mom, I did it in the shower I'm like, "I'm st- what, what? I was like, D- did you use toothbrush? Did you use toothpaste? Oh no, I used water and soap
0: That's my boy
1: That's his boy No, no, let's try again. Go back and brush your teeth. See, this is what God's saying to me. God, I've been saying, God, we're not spiritually intimate because he's not doing what he's doing. He's like, well, have you been following my word? Have you been using toothbrush? Have you been using toothbrush? Have you been gone to my word? And have you seen what my plan is for your marriage? And are you being obedient in that area in order for spiritual intimacy? No, I haven't. Father God, I am ready now to confess this. This is what the Lord is teaching me in this season. This is where I am in process as I share this with you. And this is what he said to me. He said, before you can go any farther in this journey of spiritual intimacy, you need to understand, Joanna, you cannot give what you don't have. I am calling you in marriage to give above and beyond. What comes out of our flesh. I am calling you to be more and to sacrifice more and think more beyond yourself than you are physically and emotionally capable of. So if you're going to do this, if you're going to bring honor to to your marriage, you are going to have to fall back in love with my word. And guys and girls, this goes for both of us. In our workplace, whether you're a student, whether you're an, uh, an employee, whether you're a friend, doesn't matter. We cannot give what the Lord has called us to give if we don't have Him in the first place. And He took me right to John one one with, and reminded me of this passage. It says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word what, Excuse me, the Word was with God, and the Word was God." Oh Jesus, I tell you all the time, I love you, but am I in Your Word? Because if I don't love your word, if I'm not loving your word, I'm not loving you because you are the word. Am I taking everything from you that I need to be able to live out the calling that you have, had, you have for me in my marriage, in my workplace, as a student, as a brother? As a Am I doing that first? No, Father, I'm not. Please forgive me. This is a call to repentance that God is calling each of us to. Psalms one says, "Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on His law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the streams, which yields fruit; it yields its fruit in the season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. Do you hear this? What?" you do will prosper if we are planted like a tree behind by a stream in god's word our marriages can prosper there is hope for our marriage spiritual intimacy is possible in our marriage but it starts by our personal relationship with jesus it starts by us falling back in love with his word because his word is him so i said okay god i repent Help me to fall more in love with you. Help me to fall more in love with your word. What do you have next? Now where do we go? And guess where he led me? He led me to 1 Peter three one six. That verse about submission. Oh my dear Lord, you have got to be kidding me. This is your plan for spiritual intimacy. I am sorry, but you have got the wrong girl. We have got this messed up here. And he said, no, read it. Read what I have to say. Read it. So I did. It says, Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and the reverence of your lives, excuse me, what did I say it there? Oh, yeah, when they see the purity and the reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment. Such as elaborate hairstyles and wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a quiet and gentle spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are daughters if you do what is right. And do not give way to fear. And that last line is what just kind of took hold of me. See, as I started researching what submission is, I've heard a whole bunch of different people have excuses why they shouldn't submit, but I think we, we have these excuses because we don't really understand what it means. Um, the Hebrew word, when they used the word submit, they used it for submission for children and for slaves in a different way than they did for wives in, the, in God's word. With wives, it was talking about the sense of honor, the sense of respect, the sense of adoration, and you can be my Lord because I trust you. And we kind of get caught up in this, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be bossed around type of thing. What God was saying to me is, Joanna, have you been honoring this man The way I want you to. Have you been speaking life and truth and words of adoration and words of affection into this man? Have you been looking at him the way I see him? And then speaking that truth into his life. There it goes. No, Father, I haven't. Well, then how do you expect to have spiritual intimacy? How do you expect to have spiritual intimacy if you are not obeying my word for what your plan, my plan is for your, for your marriage? See, Joanna, the reason why you're not doing it is that very last sentence there. You are daughters if you do what is right if you, and do not give way to fear. Women, the reason why we fail to submit to our husbands is out of fear. We are fearful that we won't get what we want. We are fearful that he is not good enough for us to follow. We are fearful that things will not go our way. We are fearful, fearful, fearful. And God says 365 times in his word, do not be afraid. Satan is using fear to crush our marriages and to keep us from looking at these men as God sees them. He sees this man as more than a conqueror. He sees this man as a mighty warrior. doesn't matter what I see. I need to see him how God sees him and I need to speak that truth in his life. So this is where God has led me. This is where I am in this season right now. Spiritual intimacy. Yes, praying together is important. Yes, reading God's word together is important. But the foundation of that is obeying God's word, loving him above myself, and honoring him with respect, and valuing him the way God values him.
0: Awesome. I can't follow that, so I'll just leave it with that. (laughs)
1: Oh, wait, I have one more thing. <laughs> this you is what do. I always do. God kind of led me to one more verse at the end of this. And he said, he led me to Proverbs 14.1. And this is what I found was so amazing. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears her down. Do you know there's nowhere in God's word where it says anything about a man tearing down his house? Us women, we've got a big role to play. Cities have crumbled because of women kind of leading men astray. Cities have crumbled. We have a lot of responsibility that God can do if we seek his word. He can do it through us if we seek his word and, and, and are saturated by what his spirit has for us. It's like that triangle. Have you heard of the triangle where God's at the top and You and your husband are at the bottom. And I hear so many women say, well, I can't follow him because he's not moving closer to God. doesn't matter. Because if just one of you moves closer to that point towards the Father, you naturally, the distance between you and your spouse, will get closer too. See, spiritual intimacy, the foundation of it happens as we move closer to the Father and as we turn our hearts and obey what His Word has called us to do in relation to our marriage.
0: Awesome, and and for guys, I would say the the how starts. What I want to start with instead of telling the how is the kind of the why not. Um, I think oftentimes guys make a lot of excuses of, of why I would not engage in a spiritual relationship with my spouse. Number one is and it might just be I don't know how. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I this is my first. Maybe it was your first time in church, and we're glad that you're here. And um, but. But if, if a guy might say, I just I just don't know how, a guy might say, I, I don't care because I don't see the benefit. Um, guys, there will be huge benefits if you do um, because you will earn way more respect in your home. Uh, you will earn uh, a, a greater relationship and, and an emotional bond and intimacy with her. And so the, I think one of the big ones, though, is a sense of shame. Of I'm not good enough to do that with her Because why would I speak to my spouse About something I'm not very good at Most guys feel like Well I'm not very spiritual Uh, Let me just encourage you If you're here and you're in that spot That you would say I I don't talk about God with my wife Because I don't really talk to even God that much Um, You know what you should do? You should just say that You should come to your wife and say You know I I don't really think about God a whole lot I want to think about Him more and God's not that important in my in my life right now, but I, I want Him to be more. Just that sense of honesty creates intimacy and, and a bond. I remember one time, um, I just was really struggling in my relationship with God personally. I was um, having a hard time just trusting Him. I, I was having a hard time believing in Him. I was wrestling with um, some depression, and I thought, man, God... Do you even care? And Joanna could really sense it in me, and she saw it in me, and how I was acting out, and I was angry all the time. And I didn't open up to her. I didn't tell her I was wrestling with my relationship with God. But when I did, when I just said, you know, she kind of confronted me, and I said, you know, I'm just really struggling in my relationship with God. I don't even know if He's real right now. I just don't even believe in Him right now. And she loved me through that, and she didn't judge me through that. But, But me just being able to open up and be honest about that, Allow us to have this sense of a greater sense of connection, a greater sense of intimacy, and a trust between each other. Hey, I you I I you can trust you with even my struggles. I can say, hey, I don't feel very spiritual at all, and that's a way to open up and create spiritual intimacy. That you you can start there. Um, and other guys will just say well, it's just too uncomfortable. It's too awkward. Um, and let me tell you why it's uncomfortable and why it's awkward to talk about God in a relationship with your spouse. Because if you do, it will make your marriage incredible. And that's the one thing that the enemy does not want to do. Because if he can destroy your home, he can destroy you. And the reason why it's uncomfortable to talk about it is because the enemy w- wants to use that sense of of shame and guilt, which all comes from the enemy.
1: And ain't nobody got time for that. And
0: ain't nobody got time for that. That's right. Um, Lord Jesus, and so uh, that sense of uncomfortability is is straight from the enemy, and he uses that. He uses that in my life all the time. Because I know this sounds crazy, but I'm a pastor, and you would think that. I don't struggle with this, and I just talk about God all the time. I can talk with God about other people very, very easily. But when it comes to my wife, it's difficult. Why? Because she knows me. So I can kind of pretend with other people. I can't pretend with her. I can't put on a face. I can't say, oh, yeah, I love God. Boy, no, you don't. <laughs> I've seen the way you behave. You know, I've seen you be angry. You need to, you need to start doing some praying. You know, so she, she, she sees me for who I, for who I really am. And so, but you know, as long as I receive from her this openness and this sense of uh, kind of a judgment free zone with her when I talk about my relationship with God, then then I'm going to feel more open with her, and it's going to benefit us in a huge way. But let me just tell you what uh, God says. Um, because probably one of the greatest things that you men don't realize is that your job that God has given you is to be the spiritual leader of your home and to love your wife in a spiritual way. And let me show you why he says it's your job. It's in Ephesians 5. It's kind of the marriage passage. Verse 25 says this, Husbands, this is a command, love your wives. And then he's going to tell you how to love your wife. Just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word, and to present her to Himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle, without any blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed it and cared for their body, just as Christ does. The church is this, this call to love our spouses, to love our wives the way God expressed His love in Jesus to us as, as, as people, to the, to the church. And Jesus won us over not by meanness, He won us over by His love. You don't come to Jesus because, oh, there's that guy up there who's going to get mad at me if I don't start obeying. You come to Jesus because you say there's a God up there who created me, who loves me, and who forgives me and walks with me and wants relationship with me. Um, that's how we're to love our wives. And, and it says this, this interesting statement. It says our job is to make her holy. Sanctify me. Sanctify her.
1: <laughs> we'll be in a fight. i be like, "You are not sanctifying me." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so how do we? What does that even mean to make her holy? What, and what does that mean? And my, my thought. I was thinking through this, and the next part says, "Cleansing her by, by cleansing her by the washing with water through the word." So we need to give her a bath, which sounds fun, but mm-hmm. um, a, a bath in the word of God that we would speak truth God's truth to them in a caring and loving way. She doesn't need another boss. You know, God is her ultimate boss. She doesn't need me to, to be her boss. That's not what God is calling us to do. God's calling us to to lead our wives um, humbly. But you see what a boss does is a boss says you go over there and do that job. What a leader does is they say, I'm going to go do that job and I want you to come along with me. That's what a leader does. A good leader is someone who gets in the midst of it and then asks a person to follow you in that fight. A boss just tells you what to do. Men don't be bosses. Women don't want a boss. They need you to lead. So you, you can't lead your wife spiritually unless you ask her to come with you. You can't say, I need you to go be spiritual. You need to get right with God, baby. No, that's not how it works. That's not what the Bible says to do. The Bible says, the scripture, Ephesians 5 says that, that we lead the way. And our job is to, to present her back to God. Does that sound kind of weird? I don't know if that sounds weird to you. But, but there's this statement of responsibility. It's like daddy just gave you the keys to the car and you better be good to it while you got it. Return it cleaner and better than you found it. (laughs) That's what God does with, with our spouses. It's not just her and God and she's responsible for her own self and I'm responsible for my own self. It's not like that, guys. Ephesians 5 says you have a responsibility with your spouse. Because at the end of the day, she's on your watch.
1: Kirk Cameron said that. Yeah. A guy was complaining to him about how his wife was a lot more grumpy than when they got married. And he said, well, she got that way on your watch. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and it all comes back to Kirk Cameron, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's this, there is this responsibility that we, we need to present her back to God. And
1: don't you find it funny that the one thing that... One, a major area of struggle for women is control and fear. And a major area of struggle for men is leadership, is leading. And so, again, God has given us each individually jobs in our marriage that are probably some of the hardest jobs you could ask us to do. Because it's not about us doing it on our own. Mm -hmm. The intimacy and the two becoming one is a sanctification process that only God can do as we get into his word and receive what he has for us. It starts with us getting in that word and and receiving from him.
0: Yep. And, and so, guys, I would just challenge you, to, if this is an area of struggle, which I'm sure it is, to just begin to open up to your spouse and have a conversation and say, Hey, well, I'm not even sure where to begin, but let's just start by talking about a relationship. Ask a simple question like, How are you doing with God? That's an easy question to ask. Um, don't, don't make statements of, of actions. It's not just about we need to pray together so in order to be spiritual intimate so okay let's just pray that doesn't i mean that's important but it's it's more that you sh- share that relation it's a shared relationship with god it's not just a couple of actions that you you take together we go to church together the people think spiritual intimacy is we go to church together and we pray at the table together That's not spiritual intimacy. It's an attitude of sharing our relationship with God together. How are you doing with God? How can I be praying for you? What are you struggling with right now? Um, What area in your life is God teaching you? Is God challenging you? And if it's not, then, men, it's our responsibility to say, Hey, let let me go buy a devotional book or a a new Bible. Maybe it just even starts with there and say, Hey, let's read the work together this morning or something like that. Or let's watch this video series together—a Bible study. Let's let's get plugged into a community group or with other married couples so that we can um, have those re- be encouraged in that relationship. So I would just, you know, it's not just we got to pray together and go to church together. It's that shared attitude towards one another um,
1: and a share and an understanding of what God's calling is for each
0: of us. Yeah, sure.
1: In our roles in marriage.
0: And I wanted to ask you um, for their benefit. How, how can I lead you spiritually? What some things that I could do practically to help lead you spiritually?
1: For me, nothing gives me more security in our marriage than when I see you in the Word and I see you praying. Because when I see that... I know it's okay, because if you're following the Lord too, then we're okay. We're good. Um, That's one way, knowing and and telling me about it, not just doing it hidden somewhere, but letting me know, hey, this is what God taught me today. This is what I learned. Um,
0: Stop there, because that's my biggest struggle, is that I'm good at having time with God in a closet, but never sharing what happens in that closet with God it's easy for me to kind of slip away and hide and be personal with God and say, God, I need you, and here's what I'm confessing, here's what I'm doing, but not sharing that with her and not allowing her to see that. I kind of hide away from that. And it's this sense of like, and I, I remember, you know, like praying in the bedroom one, you know, one time on my knees and just kind of crying out to God, and Joanna opened the door, and I like immediately like sat up and stood up, like, like I got caught doing something bad, you know. It was like, oh, she caught me, praying. Because that's real bad. No, but don't be embarrassed. Be open and be willing to allow your spouse to see you spending time with God.
1: Um, Praying with me is a huge thing. There is something about when we go to the Father together... um, how special that is. I mean, when things are come up with our children or with whatever, whatever's going on with life for us to understand that our battle is not against flesh and blood, our battles, not against each other. It's, it's against Satan and against the enemy. And we need, and going to, to the father together just is so precious for me. It's, it's huge. It is huge. And also when things come up, us not automatically go to our flesh and our, what we know in our heads to handle it, but we stop and go, okay, Before we do anything else, let's just go to the father. Let's see what he has to say about this.
0: Give an example of that.
1: Um, If one of our children is struggling in an area of disobedience and we want to immediately deal with it and take charge and have it and fight back and get this issue taken care of... um, I think that's that's the wrong approach. That God has called us to stop and to get on our knees together and ask the Lord to give us wisdom and how to parent this child. What does this child need? What are we missing? What does God see in this situation, rather than us just doing what we know to do?
0: So, just bringing God into the our daily mm-hmm. activities of our life, mm-hmm. instead of we we have a bill that we laid on and we're upset. But, because we can't pay this bill. Not just saying, getting frustrated and running off yeah. or huffing and puffing or saying, "What? how are we going to fix this? But stopping and saying, hey, let's just pray about this and ask for wisdom from God first into um, every Everything. little thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's great. How can I help? Well, and How can you help me? Yeah, that's the question. Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> All right, wait.
1: How are you? No, that's it. What can, what am I supposed to ask? He coached me on this earlier. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> what can you do? Wait, what can I do to help you
0: Yes. I got it. That's it. <laughs> what can you do? I can't say it. I'm, it's, I'm confused in my own head. Now. Um, you can help me in, I think I mentioned earlier, just having a judgment free zone mm-hmm. so that whenever I have the courage to open up and share with you about how I'm doing with God. I need to hear supportiveness. Mm-hmm. So if I say I'm confessing to you something I've, I've done or I'm feeling towards God, I just need. Well, you need to, Man, that's not what guys need to hear. Guys need to hear it's okay. I'm going to love you through this, and we need that. We need that support. See
1: you how God sees you.
0: Mm-hmm. And and also, I, I think guys need guys need some encouragement. Guys need mm-hmm. some pushing sometimes. I need some pushing sometimes. A lot of pushing. She says she has seven children. We have six kids. We have seven. And I'm her
1: seventh. Um,
0: And I'm the worst, right? You said it. (laughs) I said it. That's fine. Um, You know, that helps me, though. You know, as long as it's done in love and it's not, you're not um, coming down on me. But it's, hey, hey Jay, um, we probably should pray about this, right? Don't you think we should? Oh, yeah, yeah, and then I get the credit for it, right you know <laughs> so that that kind of just just encouragement in helping me remind me because not i, I don 't always think that way, and sometimes i 've built habits of not praying about things first or not going to God first about the little things in life, so even just that, if it 's important to you, then re- just remind him, give him an encouragement encouraging reminder in a loving way, not in a condemning way. I think that's it. That's probably, think? Well, and also, you know, I think any time that I I hear you pray for me, she she prays way better than I do. I pray, I'm like, God, can you give me this maybe? You know, I, I'm just not the best. You think I'm a pastor. I have these eloquent prayers. That's not true. My wife, when she prays, um, it's like being in the holy church because she, she really connects with God through prayer and, in a way that I just sometimes I don't. And when I hear you pray for me, it's very, very encouraging. Um, because you pray things for me that I would never even think to pray for myself. Um, and so that's, that's always encouraging. It's always helpful. So um, wives, pray for your husbands and let them hear it.
1: And husbands, pray for your wives.
0: And let them hear it.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. On to the next.
0: Sounds good. Hey, um, in this, I think this is kind of the good wrap-up is that the... the, the Really, the most, one of the biggest benefits of us having a spiritual connection together is the legacy that we leave to our children. Mm-hmm. And you've, you might know from me, because I've shared my testimony, I grew up in a home that was very divided. I had a father who hated God, a mother who loved God. And so I never saw a dad, I never had a dad pray with me. I never had a, I mean, We went to church by ourselves, and dad stayed at home. And if we ever talked about God, it was not a very good conversation. And so um, so f- for us, we want to establish a legacy to our children, that our relationship with God is something we do together, and not just with each other, but also as a, a family, family with our children. We bring our children into our relationship with God.
1: And this is important because in Deuteronomy, the Word talks about how we are supposed to be talking about God's word in the morning and then all day during evening time. We're supposed to be pouring truth into our children. And so often we, as parents, um, kind of just say, it's the church's job. I'll drop you off on Sunday and get everything you need to know for the week. And again, that's kind of how we think about marriage. Well, it's the church's job and your own personal thing to go and, and, and do your relationship with God and come back. I'll see you in a little bit. Let me know when it's over with children. It's the same thing. Um, We are called by God to disciple our children, to mentor them, and um, the spiritual legacy comes down from what we're doing together into mentoring our children. Some ways we do that is when we are, when they are struggling with discipline issues, we pray with them and we pray for them because we have got to identify my battle is not against that child. My battle is, is with Satan over this child. So we pray for that child, um, family worship. Mm -hmm. This is a huge thing that so many families don't do and miss out on such a huge blessing is worshiping in your home with your children. And I'm not just talking about a family devotion because that's just one more thing you have to do. I'm talking about entering into the presence of God with your wife and with your children. Put on a YouTube video of some worship song and sing together. Open up God's word and read it together. Mm-hmm. And speak to one another about what God is teaching you. This is discipleship. This is spiritual intimacy. This is your calling. This is God's will for your life. This is not just some sort of, you know, oh... This is something you might want to do if you think about it. No, God's will for your life is to disciple your children, and his, uh, family worship is such a blessing.
0: And and a part of that, as you pray together, as you worship together, you're confessing together. Mm-hmm. You're saying hey, this is an area of struggle, um, and you can talk about the opening with your kids, and then we pray for each other in that way. That hey, you know, I've plenty of times my kids have said. Lord, please help Dad not be angry or let Dad not be this you know <laughs> so so they pray with me because they understand now they see it 's a spiritual battle too. Not just Dad goes and hides in the closet to deal with God, but we deal with God together as, as a couple and together as a as a family. We invite them, we invite our children into our spiritual relationship, and they 're going to feel more connected to us spiritually because of that and we 'll Hopefully, leave leave a legacy to them. To pass this on to their children. That this is going to be an opportunity they have to pass on to their children. That our relationship with God is not just them and God, but it's them and their family. And so... Yeah, and it's
1: so cool because when you pray with your children, this is the last thing we have to say, but when you pray with your children, you take the requests that people give to you throughout the week and you bring it to this family worship, which we do in the morning as a family. Um, You can do it any time. Your kids... Get to see how powerful God is. I cannot tell you the prayer request after prayer request after prayer request that God has answered for my children specifically. I mean, they get to see God is real when we pray together and seek him and request and call upon him for things. Right, guys? You've seen God answer a lot of things, haven't you?
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They sure have. They sure have. They've seen that happen a lot. And it's always exciting. We always have a big celebration when God answers prayers and mm-hmm. things like that that we've been praying for in our house. So, mm-hmm. um, Well, here's what I want to do. We want to close by, um, I just want to begin to pray for you. We're going to invite our band to come up and lead us in worship.